Good morning, grace and peace, and welcome you to welcome to this Youth Sunday service. The scripture we are using for today finds Jesus entering the temple to discover people trading monies, animals, and grains for required sacrifices. The temple functioned as a place to maintain and support sacrificial structures. Jesus calls for a dismantling of the system and orders that his father's house not be made a marketplace. If the temple symbolizes the location and presence of God, Jesus is essentially saying to the Jewish leader that he is now the presence of God. Every day we encounter signs that point to the active presence of God in our life, in the world around us. Our job is to read the signs written in the text of our own experiences. The pictures on your bulletin are just a few of the ways we, the seniors, see, feel, and experience God's presence in our life. Where do you see God at work in your life? Let this service be our gift to you. Please join me in the responsive reading found in your bulletin. Baptized by one spirit, we are members of one body. The hand clapping, toe tapping, heart pumping, arm embracing, justice seeking, hymn singing, bread breaking, risk taking body of Christ. None of us can say to another, I have no need for you. None of us can say to another, I will not care for you. Thanks be to God, who in Christ has made us one. Let us stand and worship God. You Sunday? Okay. Please join me in reading the corporate confession found in your bulletin. Creating and sustaining God, your great commandment in Christ, is that we love one another as Christ has loved us. We confess that we fail to embrace your liberating love. We divide where you would unite. We exclude where you would embrace. We choke the breath from your word when its truth does not accommodate our fears. Forgive our hardness of heart. Mend our broken family. Breathe into us the living word of all-inclusive love. We ask in the name of your child, our brother, Jesus, the healer of our souls. Amen. Well, the good news is Jesus Christ never leaves us nor rejects us. It's just, it's a common misconception that we have to earn our Lord's love and make him love us or find a way, yet it's the exact opposite. We've already earned it. We already have it. We just have to allow him, allow him into our lives and, and embrace his grace and love. Thanks be to God. Amen. We need the strength of each other to continue to serve all of God's people. Let us be companions on this journey together and pass the peace of Christ by saying, May the peace of Christ be with you all.
Good morning. It's so nice to see all of your faces. I have a very important question for you this morning. I want to know what kinds of things bring you joy in your life? My family. Family, that's a great answer. The birds. The birds, I love that. Um, love. Love. My home. I know it's my family. Your family, that's a great answer. Can you write that one down? My mommy. Your mommy, she said her mommy. <laughs> yes, sweetie. My house. Your house, great answers. Those are all wonderful answers. We wanted to let you know that when you are near the things that bring you joy and you are doing the things that you love, God is always with you. And we have a couple pictures to show you guys. Sure. These are some pictures of our friends that we have met all over the world. Some friends in Haiti and Zimbabwe. These are some of our friends, some of our children friends. And we have something really cool to share. They also love their family, their homes, their friends. And God is also with them. And what's really cool is God loves every single one of you. Okay? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. You guys can go back. Thank you. Please join me in reading the prayer for illumination that's found in your bulletin. May we roll the stones away from the hidden places in our lives, revealing the light, life, and love you have for us. Amen. The first lesson for today comes from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone, for he himself knew what was in everyone. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church.
Hi, my name is Emma Heth, and I am a senior at East High School. I have always believed that there's no coincidence that the words God and good are so similar. As long as I can remember thinking about God, I have always thought of it as a fizzing good energy in the world. I've always been ready to question what I thought. So when I read The Witch of Portobello by Paulo Coelho this December, I was ready to hear Coelho's new perspective on God. Although I've never really believed that God was a big guy in the sky, this book took my God investigation to a whole new level. Coelho suggested that God is only half of the equation, that there is another half, which we can call the mother, that encompasses the feminine side of God. He suggests that the mother is the nurturing side of a God usually characterized more as a king overlooking his kingdom than a mother in a living room. The mother God is the God that loves without limitation. I still imagine God as goodness fizzing from person to person and in the air all around us, and it's easy to see that fizz in personal relationships. But since reading Paulo Coelho's books, I've begun to notice this transcendent love in people I've never liked much, friends who were frustrated, and my exhausted teachers. I've decided that I can see goodness in unexpected places for a very simple reason. Mother God's love is limitless. Her goodness permeates everything. She's in everything we are and do. She doesn't start listening to us when we say, Dear God, and stop paying attention after Amen. She, he, it, they are everywhere. I see it when I play the piano and when I chat with the barista at the coffee shop. I see her in my anger, my joy, my annoying cat, my frustrating classmates, and my tears. I see God and its love in the good and the bad, and I feel alive because of it. As my favorite author, Paulo Coelho, said, Love is not a habit, a commitment, or a debt. It isn't what romantic songs tell us it is. Love simply is. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Jesse McCollum, and I'm a senior at Cherry Creek High School. There is something so incredibly majestic about the stage. I can't say I remember the first time I saw one. I would have been quite small, two or three perhaps. For me, everywhere was a stage. The living room became a set. Furniture morphed into great buildings and stair steps into high mountains. The world was my stage, and on it I played many roles. I believe the stage, the theater, acting in general matters so specifically to me because of a deeper connection I feel within. It's deeper than just becoming someone else for a short moment, deeper than simply finding a relation between my life and that of my characters. There's more to it than that. I auditioned for the musical at Cherry Creek High School back in November. I found myself on that all too familiar stage, ready to sing. But this time, I wasn't with my choir. I wasn't with 49 other girls in navy satin dresses. This time, I was completely on my own. Yet I didn't feel as though I was. There was another presence there with me, not human, but an unseen friend. It was God. There's a moment in a good audition where something clicks. I let go of the day, the past, my plans for tomorrow, and I am simply there. I know I'm singing. I can hear the ringing of my voice in the cavernous darkness from where I stand illuminated in the spotlight. But the notes sound like a far-off, distant song, miles away. I am so completely there, so present, so at peace, that when the music fades away and the last note traces the edges of my lips, I cannot remember the last minute of my life. I can't remember because in those 60 seconds, I was more spiritually connected 
than I had been in months. I compare this feeling to meditation where if done properly, thoughts pass through your mind like trains in a train station, lingering for a moment and then leaving, never remaining for more than an instant. The station is meant to be clear and open to receive God's love. That feeling of the empty train station is what becomes of my mind in a good performance. I forget everything and there I stand with God. The audition in November, I truly cannot recall a second of it. I remember walking up there and turning to begin my slate, my slate being, good afternoon, my name is Jesse McCollum, and I will be performing. And that is where my memory blurs, time freezing, and all I know is the overwhelming acceptance of God's love. I feel loved, and I feel safe, and I feel connected. It's most simply God and me. Sixty seconds later, the frozen world thaws, and there I am again in reality, thanking the director as I step off the stage, trying to process what it was that I had just experienced up there. It was then that I understood where I see God. I see God in the blinding light, in a pitch-black theater. I see God in characters and voices and song. I see God in 60 seconds of a high school audition where I will forget the world, but I will remember the love of God I feel within my soul. Thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Darcy Newrider, and I'm a senior at Kent Denver High School. I want a Sunday kind of love. Etta James's words echo in my head. Platinum hair and dark eyebrows, the slight air of mystery she carries on her lips on every photo I see of her. Her ballad, At Last, seems to heal me. Her soul pours through the words, unfiltered, unapologetic. When I hear James's ballad, I see her large frame draped in silvery beaded dress radiating under a spotlight on one of those fuzzy, vintage-looking talk shows my dad always liked to show me. Her hips sway gently, her soul and her copper voice spilling out onto the audience I can't see. My love has come along, my lonely days are over, and life is like a song. I'm not sure if you all know this, but... God isn't just found at church. Kind of crazy, right? I like to think about my spirituality as something fluid, something that moves with me as I travel into the dark crevices and up the steep mountains of life. We live in a world polluted with prescribed instructions on how to do just about everything. How to be successful, how to be happy, how to find God. But perhaps the most magical part about spirituality is that there's no one formula for everyone. I'm going to ask you all today to ask yourself, what if? What if we didn't prescribe ourselves one path? What if we took a chance? In our society today, the concept of success has been whittled down. Everything that lies outside of that definition is marginalized. Goals belong only to the person striving for them. It's personal. And that's what a relationship with God should be, personal. A lot of the kids I go to school with think of church as an archaic institution for old people. But that's not true. As an 18-year-old, I find my sanctuaries everywhere. When I'm able to access a part of myself that takes me out of the monotony of daily life, removes me from simply going through the motions, and I'm feeling, and I'm being, that is where spirituality begins. I hit a stage and something happens within me. A sort of light I can't explain fills my soul and I'm free. Absolutely uncontained, boundless, soaring. What I truly learned is that spirituality is about you and God. Simple, right? You would think so. Two entities, a relationship. We've all had experience with those, right? like the relationship with the box of Girl Scout cookies in your pantry? 
So how is it different? For most of our lives, we are taught not to be selfish, to think about others before ourselves. But perhaps what we all need is a little step back from convention. Spirituality is about your personal relationship with God. Think about you and the complexities of that relationship, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the confusion and the clarity is where the beauty of God lies. It's okay if it's not smooth sailing all the time. That's not what it's about. There are a lot of social constructs, limitations, and expectations that seem to rule our lives. Especially for young people in high school today, there exists an immense amount of pressure to succeed, to be great, to push yourself, to push yourself harder. Now, whether that pressure stems from parents, friends, colleagues, teachers, or oftentimes and most dangerously, yourself, and whatever that expectation may be, it exists for everyone. But, but what if we didn't engage in every expectation? For me, that is where God exists in a powerful, potent form. Question the, question the norm. Find yourself and be free. Access a part of yourself you didn't even know was there. I didn't understand Etta James's effect on me at first. The music was so infectious, her voice so soulful, I was immediately connected, drawn in, consumed by her dismissive hands, bobbing shoulders and her pink slippers strutting across the linoleum floor. Her brassy tones and her attitude oozed power. There was a similar effect when my dad showed me a video of Aretha Franklin singing the song Think from the movie The Blues Brothers. The old Aretha video had an effect on me that I still can't quite pin down, but it was most definitely spiritual. In many ways, I wanted to be her, to express emotion as authentically and without reservation as she did. She inspired me. Aretha became my spirit animal. Soul music is another place I feel myself encapsulated in a soft, gauzy presence. I felt it again when our multi-generational group sang a very, very bad version of a popular American pop song to the group of Zimbabweans who had given their hearts to us in the song. I felt God in the pounding of their drums, flicker in their frenetic energy, and glimmer in their eyes. Maybe your personal spirit of God doesn't rest in the voice of Etta James, but it can rest somewhere, anywhere. Find your sanctuary and be free. Hi, my name is Anna Stenson, and I'm a senior at St. Mary's Academy High School. Over this past summer, I traveled with a group from, Z from Montview to Zimbabwe. I wanted to talk about this experience because, as cliche as it may sound, it truly changed my perspective on the world. In and of itself, this journey was a leap of faith. Before going, I was terrified to travel 24 hours to a seemingly exotic land as far from Denver as one can go. Before going to Zimbabwe, I was overly caught up in the various things that make Africa's stereotyped reputation so starkly different than that of the United States. I saw Africa for its challenges and its failures, for its war and fighting, for AIDS and for political disparity. I saw Africa, specifically Zimbabwe, in great need of our help. When we arrived, Zimbabwe opened up in front of us and immediately began to draw us in by its wholesome beauty. We were presented with new landscapes, faces, new stories, as we peered into the everyday commonalities of a few incredible Zimbabweans. While in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, we spent two days constructing a wall around a developing Presbyterian church. For those two days, we worked alongside members of the congregation, digging a ditch with which we laid cement blocks. Not long after we had begun the project, we were joined by a cheerful and energetic group of about five three- and four-year-old kids. For the whole two days we worked on the wall, the kids were always at the site, eager to play and run around with us. It was evident that these kids were not living in the most desirable conditions. They weren't wearing shoes, they had dirty clothes, and some of them appeared to be sick. Regardless, 
They were some of the most joyous kids I've ever been around. Over the two days, we developed a connection with the, these kids. They were laughing and running around with us and seemed to be having a great time. When our two days working on the wall came to an end, we loaded into our white vans and pulled away as the kids watched while waving goodbye. This was a very memorable moment of the trip because as we pulled away, I felt somewhat helpless towards the situation, towards their situation as we left. We had not come specifically to improve their living situation. We didn't bring them clothes, shoes, or toys as we had other children we had planned to encounter. And I felt as though we had walked into their lives for a brief moment only to drive away two days later and to them, to their understanding, disappear. It took this experience, as well as many others that we had in Zimbabwe, for me to come to appreciate that we could not fix every situation we encountered that was not what we would consider, from our own limited perspective, good or safe or healthy. Although we are not able to, able to drastically improve their living situation for those specific kids, we did make connections with them on a very basic humanistic level, talking and playing and making moments where I could truly see the extent of God's work. I felt that all the people we met over in Zimbabwe, from little kids to grown adults, had a very close connection with God. Their lives were hard in a very different way than our lives are hard, but they also seemed to have complete faith and trust in God. They sang and prayed and talked about God, working in their lives in ways that we often don't. And even though they were faced with many challenges, they see God in all things. And because of this, it was so clear and noticeable how jubilant and happy and graceful the people we met were. To some extent, we are in Zimbabwe as merely cultural observers. We were, not able, we were able to get a glimpse at how God has touched a truly amazing country filled with incredible people and indescribable landscapes. morning. My name is Jade and I go to East High School. I want to live where soul meets body. This is a quote from a song by the band Death Cab for Cutie. Thinking about writing this mini sermon, this song has come to mind many times. I realized it was calling to be part of this talk. It makes me think of times when I felt at peace and where God was present in my life. When I was three years old, I watched my cousin win a silver medal in rowing at the 2000 Summer Olympics in Australia. I didn't realize at the time that rowing would be such an important part of my life. Today, I row five days a week on the Cherry Creek Reservoir. Yes, we have rowing in Colorado. When people hear that I row, they typically ask lots of questions. One question they ask is, do you row early in the morning? We actually row in the afternoons far more than we row in the mornings, but mornings are my favorite. On these mornings, I wake up and it feels like Christmas. My parents are still asleep, the sun isn't up yet, and I'm bursting with excitement knowing that I will get to go see my teammates, coaches, and get to row. It's still dark leaving the house, but so peaceful. When I get to the reservoir, the sun is usually just rising over the water, coloring the water in a mirror image of the sky. For me, rowing is where soul meets body. On the water, everything makes sense, as if we are flying across the water instead of bound to earth by our daily stresses. I leave my worries on the dock as we row out onto the still water. The focus that it takes to make the boat move well is all-consuming, one might say meditative. We are all working together in one fluid, rhythmic motion. God feels close. While rowing is not easy, something happens as I'm racing. I don't think I can go any further, and then something reminds me that I can. Rowing has taught me about teamwork, about working together and showing up. The friends that I have made through rowing are some of my most treasured relationships. Spending five days a week, we come from far and wide to support each other as we work together towards a common goal. Rowing has taught me to persevere when things are hard, and that it is the daily practices that make us stronger, not the racing for gold or the competitions.
Soon, I will be packing my bags for college. While many people think of the bad baggage that they carry around with them, I'm going to pack the good things, the experiences that I've had preparing me for college. I will pack the peace of mind that I feel while in the middle of the reservoir while rowing. I will pack the work trips that I have gone on with Mob, the friends that I have made, and the lessons that Sherry has taught me. I will pack my faith, what I have learned in church, but also the lessons that I have learned while applying my faith to my life, about believing in God even when it's hard, and trusting that the path that I am on is the one I am meant to be traveling. Thank you. cleared off the table the leftovers save wash the dishes and put them away i have told you a story and tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day as the moon sets its sail we're carrying you to sleep over the midnight sea I will sing you a song no one sang to me. May it keep you good company. You can be anybody you want to be. You can love whomever you will. You can travel any country where your heart leads. And I will love you still. You can live by yourself. You can gather friends around. You can choose one special one. And the only measure of your worth and your deeds will be the love you leave behind when you're done. There are girls who grow up strong and bold there are boys quiet and shy some race on ahead some follow behind some go in their own way and die some women love women some men love men some raise children some never do you can dream all the days, never reaching the end of everything possible for you. Don't be rattled by names, by taunts, by games. Seek out spirits true. You give your friends the best part of yourself. They will give the same back to you. You can be anybody you want to be. You can love whomever you will. You can travel any country where your heart leads. And know I will love you still. You can live by yourself. You can gather friends around. You can choose one special one. And the only measure of your worth and your deeds will be the love you leave behind when you're done. The love you leave behind when you're done. Good morning, my name is Phoebe Bauman and I'm a senior at Denver East High School. The concept of God is something that I've been familiar with since a young age. In fact, one of my mom's favorite stories to tell is from when I was three or so years old. She was tucking me into bed and I asked her, Mommy, why do you love me? Well, she said, because you're a gift from God. I thought for a moment and then responded, well, then that means your tummy is God's mailbox. 
Like most other three-year-olds, God was something that grown-ups would talk about and I knew was important, but let's be real. God ranked way below Santa Claus. Maybe this was solely because Santa Claus came down my chimney every year and brought me all sorts of goodies. Or maybe this was because I could recognize a jolly plump man in a red furry suit any day. God, however, not so much. Was he an old man in the clouds with a long white beard and a golden staff? Or perhaps God looked like Morgan Freeman from Bruce Almighty. I didn't know, and no one could tell me. As I got older, I grew into my own spirituality. I began to develop my own relationship with God. Unfortunately, this meant at times that I no longer saw God as a friendly cloud master at the Golden Gate, but sometimes a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass. In my, in my middle school years, I developed an eating disorder. It came into my life with a great volition and swallowed me whole. Confused and terrified of this ravaging monster, I spiraled downward. My sophomore year, I was at an all-time low in every capacity. My heart rate was hovering around 40, my kidneys were losing function, my hair was falling out, and my blood pressure was dwindling along with my faith. Through two difficult hospitalizations, I finally began repairing my relationship with God. I know that recovery is a long process, and I'm in a much better place. But I'm grateful for where I've been, because it's made me appreciate all the ways God has blessed my life. I truly see every day as a God-given gift. And even though it's not always smooth sailing, I know God will be right with me through the storm. God is in all of the things I love. When I perform, when I spend time with children, when I care for others, when I travel, God is with me. God represents so much more than a church. God is everywhere and in everything. I'm grateful for this clarity because I know that wherever life leads me, God will walk with me through the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. God is not a man in the clouds who makes bad things happen. God is a constant light that drives us to love in spite of the bad things that happen. We are all spiritual warriors on this battlefield, believing without proof that God is with us, guiding our swords. Next year, I hope to pack my bags and travel across the world to a village I've never been, in a country I've never been, in a continent I've never been. A bit crazy, I know. But if I've learned anything on this roller coaster, it's that nothing in life is constant except for the love of God. Good morning, everyone. I am Lee Downs, and I am a senior at East High School. How many of you guys have heard the song Happy by Pharrell Williams? It's kind of like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, but for teenagers and more hip. <laughs> Every time I hear this song, it takes me back to October when I was playing musical chairs with a group of Haitian children. Sherry thought it would be fun to play a quick game of musical chairs while we waited for the rain to pass and Happy was the first song to play. As soon as it started playing, everyone started dancing in a circle, waiting for the song to pause so they could race to the closest chair before their friends got to it. It seemed like such an ordinary experience, playing a simple game to an overplayed song that I hear every day. However, there was something about how incredibly happy these kids were about playing this simple game while waiting for the rain to pass that was magical. I have never seen bigger smiles or so much laughter from a group of children in my life. Every single one of them seemed to be having the best day ever. They were all so content just to be playing musical chairs. When the storm cleared and the rain passed, stopped, however, musical chairs had to end and we had to send them home. The game was over. This moment was what touched me the most. These kids, knowing that their day of fun was over, all gave us hugs, then walked away sadly away, some with tears running down their cheeks. It made my heart ache to see these kids walking down the now muddy road, knowing that it was once-in-a-lifetime experience for all of us. 
Haiti is considered the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and seeing the reality of the extreme poverty while driving back to where we were staying made me think about what these children were just, we, we, sorry, we had just played with were going home to. These children possibly had adult responsibilities and had to face the reality of working young, taking care of parents that struggled with alcohol or drug abuse, or just not having a bed to sleep in or supper at night. These children, who were just so happy to play musical chairs, did not have the life I grew up with, where there were toys every birthday or someone to read me a story out loud at night in my cozy bed. Playing musical chairs to them was a time for them just to be kids and have fun and not worry about food, clean water, or what mood their parents would be in when they got home. They could just be kids. That day, I believe I had a spiritual experience with these kids, because no matter the living circumstance they were in, they didn't hate the world. In fact, they loved it. They were able to put aside poverty and what they didn't have, and fully take in what they were doing at the time and embrace it. It made me feel bad for every time in my life I wasn't able to enjoy something because I was jealous of what someone else had. As I enter the next phase of my life, I will keep these children in mind as a guide for what to do with the gifts I have been given and how I can apply them in my education, work, and what I do every day. These children have inspired me as in, to live my life as a model for how we can embrace and enjoy life no matter the circumstances you are in. I just need to breathe for a second. Okay. You know when you're about to fall asleep and you put your head down on the pillow and you feel like you're spinning? And then once you close your eyes, you feel like you're flying. And then once you go to sleep, maybe you have a dream, you wake up and you feel so good. I mean, you think, I just had the best sleep of my life. Someone once told me that when you dream while you're sleeping, it's basically like letting your mind rest because you're not thinking about falling asleep or what time it is. You're just letting your mind run naturally. I think that when I'm dreaming, I'm in a spiritual place because I get a lot of insight and perspective and all in all, I'm really calm. Even if I have a horrible dream, for some reason, I just, I learn something from those from that. I love sleep and I know you guys love it too. And that is where I find my spirits. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Colin Metcher. I'm also a senior at East High School. Last summer, uh, I had the pleasure to spend two weeks in the Rocky Mountains of New Mexico, 5,000 feet above home and 10,000 above sea level, with a group of 19 guys my age and four foremen to guide us through this unfamiliar wilderness. <clears throat> we spent seven days breaking a new trail that was to go up Mount Phillips. It was replacing the rocky, steep, and dangerous ascent route that already was there. The following week, we backpacked those same rugged mountains there were many times I questioned why I chose to put myself through such a, a mental and physical challenge. How did Jesus do this for 40 days? On the third day of backpacking, we had to hike close to 19 miles, seven of which went over Black Mountain. After gaining 3,000 feet of elevation, our group was in a somber mood. We knew that the sun would only stay with us for a little while longer, and then we would be alone on our journey up the mountain. One of our foremen reminded us the key to enjoying miles and miles of backcountry. Just look up, he said. I looked up. I saw the silhouettes of pines protruding from the ridge under the deep orange and blue of the painted sky. I'll never forget that week. The sun streaming through the trees, brushing my face. I looked around and saw the woods, and it never seemed the same. Trees weren't twins, but cousins. The family stood tall for miles, challenging me to meet every member. 
One night, we split up and slept alone outside the comforts of our tents and companions. Slowly, the forest reveals its, revealed its secrets. I watched. The ants crawled through deep pads of pine needles. The owl perched on the big oak just across the small grassy opening. The cicadas hummed from their hiding places. The sun withdrew. It was a holy night. Today, I live by what became our crew's mantra. Just look up. Please join me in prayer. Catch us in our hurrying, Lord, and hold us in this Lenten season. Inspire us with your Holy Spirit and help us to pay more attention to our actions so we may live into your ways of love and care for our neighbors. Guide our feet that we may walk in the light of peace. Guide our hands that we may stretch them out to people in need. Guide our eyes that we will see you in familiar ways, in the faces of our family, neighbors, and ourselves, so that we may see things that unite us all with the people of the world. Guide our ears that we may hear the needs in the world. Guide our tongues that we may speak only kindness. O oh Lord, guide our hearts that we may become your partners in the world, that we may love and care for others, seek justice for the oppressed, and live in your hope. We lift up in prayer to you these friends from our congregation and the people listed on our prayer tree that you may bring healing and wholeness to their lives. We ask that you enter the lives of each one of us today, refreshing, renewing, and healing us with the power of your loving spirit, that we may live with purpose and courage in the manner of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, let us bring our gifts to God, those of money, those of time, those of love, that we may participate in the work of peace today and always. Let's continue our worship by bringing our gifts and offerings.
put your makeup on, get your nails done, curl your hair, run the extra mile, keep it slim, so they like you. Do they like you? Get your sexy on, don't be shy, girl. Take it off, this is what you want to belong, so they like you. Do they like you? You don't have to try so hard. You don't have to give it all away. You just have to get up, get up, get up, get up. You don't have to change a single thing. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try. You don't have to try. Get your shopping on at the mall. Max your credit card. You don't have to choose. Buy it all so they like you. Do they like you? Wait a second, why, why should you care what they think of you when you're all alone by yourself? Do you like you? Do you like you? to try so hard you don't have to give it all away you just have to get up get up get up get up you don't have to change a single thing you don't have to try 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 you don't have to try 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 you don't have to try 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 you don't have to try you don't have to try so hard you don't have to bend until you break you just have to get up get up get up get up you don't have to change a single thing no, you don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try. No, you don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try, 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 try. You don't have to try. Take your makeup off, let your hair down, take a breath, look into the mirror at yourself, don't you like you, cause I like you. O oh God that brought us to new light of today, eternal light that never fades, let it shine in candles flame through dark nights and days just the same. Your light is in sunlit pines on mountains high and places here where we abide. We pray your light will guide us to new journeys of peace and our spirits renew. O oh oh God, let your eternal light shine bright on us in day and night.